0: Idea. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie.
1: Now, I might have mentioned this before. I do a little weekly podcast called The 80s That Are Grown Up In The 80s. And basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to list all the great stuff about being a kid in the 80s in alphabetical order. It's out every Monday. It's just me on me, Todds, just ranting. Uh, the next episode, which is out on Monday, is Things Beginning With L. Uh, and Hometime show listener Mark has messaged me this morning saying, Bush, you've got to mention lunchboxes. And this is just like a bolt from the blue. I completely forgot about this. It's a great point. At a certain era, every kid used to come into school with a plastic briefcase-style lunchbox. Do you remember these? And on the lid would be an iconic bit of pop culture from the 80s. And it kind of said a lot about you, because what you do is you sit there and eat your food and, and then with your little flask with the same print on it, but you'd fold the front of the... Uh, the briefcase open whilst you're eating a little bit like you were doing the uh, uh, you know the treasurer or something like that you know doing the budget but the question is like what did you have on there what was your picture because it's a little bit of your DNA that it's a kind of a snapshot in time of what kind of kids you were and what you're into so for me it was a go I had a Ghostbusters uh, lunchbox set with a flask absolutely love the Ghostbusters I used to go and w- watch all the movies to so my birthday's in December so I go- got to go and watch the films we mates in Bath and then I've kind of grown up to look a bit like uh, Egon Spengler so it's kind of destiny really the question is what was yours Chris Blower has just tweeted saying and he sent a photo of it he had a, um, a lunchbox with Morph on the front but pl- like play fighting in the picture with Chaz do you remember Morph and Chaz I, understand- I remember Morph but like who the hell was Chaz Is it like there was a rumor that it was Morph's like cousin and then his brother? Someone messaged me the other day saying Chaz was like the other bit of Morph's personality, which is very dark. Very, very dark. Like his alter ego or something. So delve back into the 80s. Remember what it was on the front of your plastic lunchbox that you used to take into school. It will say a lot about the kind of kid you were. John had E.T. Love that film. Is this weird? Anyone else quite E.T. when he was dressed as the lady. Quite striking amazing set of pins uh, Pete says uh, no lunchbox for me I used to go home so I could watch Rosie and Jim and Rainbow always slightly fascinated by those kids who went home for their lunch like they were like 40 odd like bank managers who live around the corner uh, Matt says Fraggle Rock for the win he had Fraggle Rock on the front of his I, I used to love Fraggle Rock I was always felt really bad for the remember the Doosers, the little green fellas in Fraggle Rock I spent ages building their little crystal buildings and stuff and then the fraggles just come along and eat it Like, without even a thought for them. And they've obviously unionised because they've got, like, hard helmets and proper, like, health and safety in the workplace stuff, the doozers. But Fraggles don't care, just steam in and eat the stuff. I felt really bad for them. So, fun, but tinged with sadness. Uh, now, I mentioned earlier on, uh, someone said they had a Fraggle Rock lunchbox when they were kids. Uh, and I was just concerned for the Doozers in Fraggle Rocks. They made all those crystal buildings, and then the Fraggles just ate them. It was just a bit weird. Gav says, Bush, there is a Fraggle Rock episode where one of the Fraggles had a campaign to stop eating Doozer buildings uh, that they fill the cave with. But then the Doozers have to leave as they have nowhere left to build, so the Fraggles change their mind and then gorge on everything. Again, really quite dark. When you really a drill down into Fraggle Rock, quite dark. Some brilliant Uh, lunchbox covers coming on here Uh, because there's a little bit of your DNA this like what what you were into as a kid Tom says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga good on him Flora says I had a Wonder Woman um, lunchbox I grew up in the West Indies I draped a towel over my shoulders and jumped out of a two story house thanks for that Flora Uh, we've got Jules from Sterling on the line who had a five star lunchbox when she was a kid Uh, Jules can you remember all their names five star
0: yes it was Doris who was my absolute favourite Uh, Lorraine Denise Steadman and Delroy
1: fantastic are they still going five star or not
0: uh, no, I they've split up. I think, some of them, I think like Denise is still doing some music and Delroy, but they have split up now, yeah. All right. I was and part of the fan club back in the day. Were
1: you? Part of the fan club, fantastic. And what were they doing on the front cover of your lunchbox then? What kind of pose were they in, Five Star?
0: It was the, the front cover of the Silk and Steel album.
1: You know your stuff, don't you, uh, Jules? Oh, Big yes, time. yes,
0: I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Dressed up at Halloween for them as well, yep. <laughs> yep <laughs> D- fantastic. Different
1: times, Jules. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, good to speak to you. Have a brilliant rest of your Thursday. Uh, good afternoon, Andy. It's very formal email. My name is Mark Goodall, and I currently live in Molden, Essex. Good to have you on board, fella. Uh, on your topic of '80s lunchboxes, I had a He-Man and Battle Cat lunchbox. It was green and had red tears, which made it look like blood. Very scary for a five-year-old kid. He adds. Uh, like He-Man, good fun. Orco ruined it, though. In fact, I mean, we, did, we can't get into this now, but I there's a lot of ca- cartoons and stuff in the '80s that were ruined by a, uh, a comedy character. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and Orco was one of the worst of them. Uh, what stuff did you have on your lunchbox in the 80s? Paul in West London says he had a Terrorhawks lunchbox. Loving this. We've got Will on the line. Tell us about yours, Will.
0: Uh, well, mine had Thomas the Tank Engine on it with a blue flask inside with a yellow cup which screwed to the top of it. <laughs> yeah. Which also had Thomas the Tank Engine on it. And then, like I said in my text, 33 years later, our eldest lad's just finishing his first year at school with a Thomas the Tank Engine school bag.
1: It's amazing that Thomas the Tank Engine has endured for so long because, you know, I remember Ivor the Engine back then. There's no Ivor the Engine stuff around anymore. He hasn't kind of carried on, has he, at all? No, he must have gone to the scrapyard, I think? (laughs) Let's not think too long about that. But then, you know, in terms of Thomas the Tank Engine, have you you seen the more modern episodes? Because you can go back to the real old-school stuff with Ringo Starr, but what do you think of the more modern Thomas the Tank Engine stuff?
0: Yeah, I'm not so much on the computer generated sort of stuff, but uh, the older ones are the ones that always bring back memories
1: of your childhood, don't they? Is there one particular train in Thomas the Tank Engine that you like the most, Will? Uh, it's got to be Thomas, though, isn't it, really? What's the fella called, there's another train with, like, very rosy cheeks and a big smile? Quite a jovial chap. He seems like a good laugh.
0: Oh, there was a few
1: of them. We still read stories to our boys. Like, there's, uh, there's Gordon, James, Henry, Percy. Percy, I think Percy might be the one. Looks a bit public school. little green engine, wasn't he? That's it, yeah. Him. That's it, yeah. Fantastic. Well, listen, good speech, you man. Take care. Excellent. Thank you very much. Love hearing from you guys. There's a tonne of different ways you can get in touch. You can email, uh, drop us a little text message, 81215, or get in touch on the phone. And that's what Alex has done now with a fantastic uh, bit of news from his neck of the woods. Alex, tell us where you're calling from. The sunny area of... Gloucestershire. Fantastic, good old Gloucestershire. Uh, Now, tell us what happened in your household. You've come up with this thing where uh, lockdown frustrations have kind of been channelled into an unexpected business opportunity. Tell us what's happened. That's
0: exactly it. It's turned into a bit of a novelty version of the Open University, really, but channelled from arguments that I've had with the wife and arguments I've witnessed between friends and things like that, obviously pre-lockdown, but this has been going on for a while, but being locked in a house with the wife for a considerable period of time yep. arguing about petty things that we all argue about like the, the way we stack the dishwasher or who does the laundry or start leaving your pants on the bathroom floor those sorts of things i thought it was i wonder if everyone else is suffering the same sort of issues so i created a, a novelty online university that provides <laughs> training courses to tackle exactly those sorts of things <laughs> aimed at myself really but I'm yeah
1: sure i was going like, to say that yeah. those those issues yeah. that you were listing sound like a lot of them have been kind of uh, put in your direction alex to be honest with you
0: yeah 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 absolutely it's, it's, it's a self uh, self-help uh, university really but i figured it, there's an awful lot of different subjects that i'm sure could be covered and we've got dishwasher as i said laundry ones, uh, making decent cuts of tea Uh, toilet training refreshers, not peeing on the seat I'm sure there's lots of men that have uh, have that issue. I'm um,
1: not saying I do. but So it's, it's such an amazing website though and, and it looks the real deal as well. Uh, the University of Housework, and there's a ton of different courses on there online that if you've got someone in your yeah. life that's like a bit of a nightmare at something, because I would say, right, and I, I put myself in this category, a lot of people, if you do it badly enough, then you don't end up having to do it because people just say, oh, I'll do that because you're so rubbish at doing it. Do you know what I mean? You can claim ignorance. Is the
0: male logic, isn't it? Is it the is the
1: male logic. logic. So with the University of Housework, what, what it allows you to do is people can then go online and take her you've got the avoid charger drama course here which is how to properly charge up your phone and not you know leave the house and then panic that you haven't got any battery life in it and stuff like that
0: exactly that that one it, that also goes into the worst feeling in the world as you get into bed and you go to plug your phone in because it's flat you're nice and comfy, all tucked up and you realize someone's had your phone charger maybe your sister or your brother or whatever so you've got to go around the house hunting for it it's one of the worst feelings in the world so in that sense you would get this course for the annoying brother or sister who keeps doing that to you. And that's the, the basis for all the courses, really. The pain in your backside yeah. you would buy them a course to solve the problem.
1: Brilliant. And you get like a certificate at the end to prove that you've taken the course and taken a yeah. next higher level of education about it as well, which is a great thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You become part of the alumni like you would with any other university. You get a, you get a PDF certificate or you can have one. Like we print one out and send it to you in a fancy format if you, if you so wish but yeah, everyone gets a PDF certificate to go with their amazing accomplishment.
1: Fantastic, well we love it what an amazing story and like I said at the beginning uh, a brilliant example of uh, putting to use some of the frustrations that everybody experienced during lockdown uh, check it out now, uh, it's a fantastic website the University of Housework if there's someone in your house that's getting on your nerves and if you think they need it, but a bit of a nudge in the right direction get them on online course. Alex, thanks so much Thanks for you, Speak to you I want to ask you this question in this hour of the show. I have a little think about this, right? What thing around the house are you so good at that you could literally teach an open university course on it? Imagine you were so damn good that you were invited to lecture, do an online seven- or eight-week course to teach other people this thing, but it has to be something to do around the house. For me, this is like a weird byproduct of being a radio presenter. There's very, very few skills involved in what I do. There's actually no skill involved in it. But what it does give you is an innate ability to have like a good idea of timings. So what I'll be really good at is, say if I put a microwave... Uh, let's just say chicken korma from Tesco. A hypothetical situation. I'm not eating during the songs. Uh, Tesco korma in the microwave around the corner. Put it on for four minutes. I'll walk back to that literally within a couple of seconds before it pings. That's what my Open University course would be on. Microwave management, I think, would be the best way to describe that. And I'll gen up on it, because as about you, I don't know what 99% of the features on our microwave at home actually do. Sean says his course would be ironing. He's brilliant at it, but he's so slow that his missus always takes over. Uh, Debbie says, after working in H&M a few years ago, my T-shirt folding skills are top-notch these days. I'd love to be able to fold up T-shirts properly. Do you ever get that when you go into a shop and try something and you, go, oh, you say to the person who works there, shall I fold this up? And they're, no, 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 you leave it. Leave it. Get away from it. That's probably why. Uh, Matt says, removing the scummy leftovers from the dishwasher sump and filter. I'm pretty good on that one, actually, to to be fair myself. I love dismantling it as well. I always find getting that filter and everything out of a dishwasher is like uh, breaking down a sniper rifle if you were just on top of uh, a tower block or something and quickly putting it into a briefcase before disappearing. He said he'd also do a Level uh, 2 course on bleeding radiators, which would be great. I'd love to see that as well. Again, all of these courses could be online in our Open University Emma from London says folding towels and bedding to perfection, especially fitted bed sheets. Absolutely the worst thing in the world, fitted bed sheets. The worst bit is if you do the one where you reverse it and then you have to almost climb into the duvet to try and shake it out the other side and the bit it goes on top of you. You end up looking like Casper the Ghost, and then Neil says, uh, "I could do a university degree course on how to load the dishwasher, as my wife always puts the very sharp cutting knives in the little basket thingy with the pointy end." Technical terms here, upwards instead of laying it flat on the top shelf. I think someone died in East Enders like that. Uh, Julia uh, says, uh, "Looking at a digital clock when it turns what 11:11? 11, 11. That's not quite the skill, not quite the skill that we're after, Julia. It's a brilliant skill. You know that bit where you look at the clock." and it's all aligned at the same number, but not sure if there's going to be that much uptake in terms of the curriculum for it. Adam says, blocking and unblocking the toilet, good skills, love to know the apparatus on that, plunger or something a bit different. John says, this is weird, opening the airing cupboard door and switching the heating off without my missus hearing me sneaking around in the house to that one. Uh, We've got Steve on the line. What would your Open University course be about, Steve?
0: Well, polishing shoes and boots. Uh, I'm really brilliant at making them shine.
1: Brilliant. And, and in terms of your, your upbringing and your uh, jobs that you've done, have you done anything where shoe oh, polishing's was, been involved?
0: No, yeah, I was in the TA for about five years, and that's all we, all we managed to do, so...
1: <laughs> and what is <laughs> yeah, the key? What's the key? It, Obviously, <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to give away too many of the secrets, so that's going to be part of your Open University course, Steve, but just on a base level, what is the key to getting uh, incredibly buff shoes?
0: Oh, sorry, right, OK. Uh, well, uh, I use a, a water first with lemon in right and and then uh, put a base coat of polish on it yeah uh, and then uh, you have to build the, the polish up so you put about three or four layers on uh, and that's about it really like you know what i mean you just keep Buffing and buffing and buffing until uh, you make
1: them shine. Do you know what, weirdly, weirdly enough, my, my other half Katie, was telling me that her dad used to make them all sit there and polish their shoes for school on Sunday night ahead of Monday morning. It's a bit of a lost certainly art, are. isn't it? Shoe care and, and shoe certainly polishing. It certainly is. Certainly is.
0: Yeah. Well, people will
1: sign up for your course, Stephen. We'll bring it back. What about that?
0: Thank you very
1: much indeed. Cheers for that, mate. Thanks for talking to you. Nice to talk to you, man. Take care. <laughs> I, I felt like I achieved earlier on. I went to the tip. Did a tip run And I don't know whether this is an age thing I used to hate going to the tip Like it would be the worst thing ever your dad took you to the tip Or something Like what are you doing Now I absolutely love it Can't get enough of it and I love every single little bit of it. Like I love, I love the queue. Normally you think getting queuing to get into the tip would be a nightmare, but they've got this kind of new queue system now in Leon C. And it's lovely just turn the engine off, listen to an audio book or something like that, just a bit of peace. No one trying to ask you a question through the uh, toilet door like you have if you've got five minutes to yourself in the house. Then you go straight in. I just love all the different sections that they've got in the tip now. I feel like they've organised it a bit better than it used to be back in the day. It's like going to Thorpe Park when you get in. There's like, there's the old TV zone or Woodworld or Abandoned Bike Rapids or something like that. It's it's genuinely like a theme park. So the question I want to put to you with this in mind in this hour of the show is, what's your favourite bit of the tip? You must have a favourite bit. Surely everyone's got a favourite bit. Greg says, for him, it's the hardcore and rubble section. He says he feels proper manly, heaving it over the side. So if you have a favourite section of the tip, everyone's got one. I don't I don't want to hear any naysayers on this. Everyone's got one. Lucy in Birmingham says, the gas cage. Sounds like a nightclub. Uh, Chris says, the electronic section. I love that. I love all the old tellies and all that kind of stuff as well. That's quite cool. And then Tim says... Uh, white goods, always a treasure trove Luke says, best part of the tip the ceramic section nothing better than the noise of throwing a sink and it's smashing against another sink crunch, he adds love it, look how passionate he is Uh, this one says, I'm the operations manager at four different tips, definitely the mattress section the smell of wee, different stains and bed bugs, what a fantastic that could be the title of your your reveal-all autobiography of your time in that kind of career Mark from Newark says, Hi Bush, I love the battery zone, although I do accept it has its negatives as well as its positives. Uh, right, he's banned. He says I've got my coat. Yeah, you, you will, mate. We've got Sean on the line right now. He's phoned in about this. Sean, what's your favourite bit of the tip?
0: Uh, the bit where they sell other people junk. Because <laughs> some of the stuff you find in there is, is fantastic.
1: Isn't it? It's weird. Like People chuck too many things out these days, don't they? They don't. There's no kind of hanging on to heirlooms or anything. They are just like wholesale chuck everything out. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's just, yeah, anything and everything. Some of the stuff you find in, well, you see in the containers that is salvageable, but you can't get to it.
1: So, have you ever bought anything from one of those shops that you get within the tip?
0: Oh, yes. The best thing was a uh, big porcelain elephant. <laughs> a um, plant pot stand, I believe it was.
1: <laughs> you got an eye for a bargain, yeah. haven't you, Sean? Oh yes, definitely. Fantastic. Good to speak to you. Take care. Christian Oldershot says, It's the steel bin because I'm always dropping a proper clanger. A lot of people loving the noise that these things make. Uh, let's go to the phones and speak to Dave. Dave, what's your favourite part of the tip?
0: When I go, it flashes up your registration when you go in because you're limited to the amount of times you can go in a year.
1: Really? I didn't... First of all, we don't have that technology in Leon C, so we don't get the whole registration, how hey, you doing thing, have a nice day. What's this whole thing about the limited amount of times you can go?
0: You can go 52 times a year.
1: OK. Um, it's a great
0: Manchester thing. Um, yeah, and you can go as many times in a week, so you can go 10 times in one week, but then you have to go the next week, but you are limited to the 52, so they look at your registration.
1: Oh, so how do you know where you are in your like uh, allocation? Can you phone up and see how many you've been to that so far? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I've never even uh, tried, to be honest. They don't go that often. So can you, can you pass on your, uh, you know, like a season ticket? Can you pass on the rest? If you weren't going to go for the tail end of the season, can you send it, give those to a mate?
0: Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I didn't realise that you could go more than once a week, so I ended up taking my grandad's car last week because I forgot.
1: And then I told him he couldn't go because I'd already used it. Oh, wow, OK, so there's a knock-on chain effect with this. So um, finally oh. then, the, the the number plate thing, when you're first driving up to that tip, that must feel like a, a, a lovely welcome there to have your number plate. Displayed. Oh, and of course.
0: It, may, it does, it makes, you, it makes you feel very special, very welcome.
1: Well, that's wonderful. I might, what's your local tip? I might get myself up there, it sounds pretty good. It's in Reckless. When things settle down, I'm there. Okay. I'll hear that. You've been listening to the Home time Show on Absolute Radio. When you go home, you've been listening to the Home time Show. The, the last bit, bit of, the of no be guarantee. guarantee. Soon, Soon, may your tea will come. You can watch, you can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play we'll you, you songs, songs and maybe, maybe send, you send you a tea towel. towel. The Home Time Show is about the S6 loop, the bird invasion, and I hate for Bing. In the Home time Show we speak of pundit shoes and Alaska Leona. Soon, Soon, may your, your tea, tea will come, come. you can, can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe, maybe send you a tea towel. towel.